On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to chat about the future, the present, and the past. We're going to hit it all on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic today is March 23rd, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to hit a couple of different topics. We're going to talk about why the Magic are still so optimistic, even with their playoff hopes so dim. Then we're going to chat a little bit about the NCAA tournament and what to watch over the next couple days and the prospects to keep an eye on. Plus, Dennis Scott enters the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. We'll chat a little bit about his career coming up in just a moment. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. There is definitely a, as the Magic came back from their road trip, there, there's definitely a, um, I don't want to say a pall over the season, but the inevitability that this dream, this pursuit of the postseason is going to end up short. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm a little disappointed in it, to be honest, um, but accepting of it too. And honestly, I think that's part of what's going on and, and part of the atmosphere around this team as we enter these final now eight games, final nine games, um, there is a sense that this team has accomplished a lot. This team has done a lot. This team has progressed a lot. But that dream of a postseason, that goal that they set for themselves, that thing that seemed so close, so tangibly there, is probably going to be just out of reach. The Magic are, of course, now with Chicago losing to Philadelphia last night. Four and a half games out of the final play-in spot with nine games to go. And again, it's mathematically possible for the Magic to make the postseason. But like the Phoenix Suns in the bubble, it's going to take that them being perfect. They're going to have to win every game the rest of the way in to have a real shot. Maybe they could drop one game. Maybe. But at 30 wins, it's going to take 37-38 wins to get in. That'd be a 7-2 record. That'd be an 8-1 record. It is asking a lot. And so while they absolutely should push for it, they absolutely should go for it, the odds of it happening are very, very small. And yes, I compared them to the bubble, to the Suns bubble team. That team when they know and still fell short of making that playing game. Instead, if you, if you listen to this Magic team and the, and the atmosphere around them, um, you have a team that is not viewing the end of the season as the end of the season. You know, they're not viewing this, this work that they're putting in now as, as kind of the finality of this group. And I think that's the most interesting thing about 
this team right now is they seem to have this understanding that this is not the end. That there is still things to build on and work to do. That this is a piece of a bigger picture. And, you know, I've sat in this chair in March plenty of times over the last 10 years and said, these games are important. You don't waste these opportunities. You still take this time to grow. You focus on the roster you have. You don't worry about the future. Well, outside of, you know, not that this is the complete roster that they'll have next year, but this is largely the roster they will have next year. This is largely a team that should expect to be in the postseason next year. And so this time isn't just for the spirit of the game or anything like that, which, you know, yeah, probably was motivating me a little bit. Um, Again, I don't believe in tanking, so I, I think I think winning is valuable at all times. But this is a team that is taking and using this time to keep that intensity dialed up, to keep that pressure, put that pressure on themselves and dial that up, and then using this time to learn and grow. The postseason dreams for this team may be dimming. They're not dark yet, but they are dimming. But that's not the goal. It's a short-term goal, but it's not the overarching goal. And as I've said many, many times, this season was never about this season. This season was never about what ended up happening this season besides just the growth that this team's made, which we can all agree they've made. This season was about setting up the next five seasons, the next two seasons, next season. And that's what the Magic are doing in these final games. They have previewed their extremely high ceiling. Despite what anyone else will tell you, Paolo Bancaro has won Rookie of the Year. It is not close. All due respect to Jalen Williams. All due respect to Ben Matherin. All due respect to Walker Kessler. Paolo Bancaro has had the most consistent and solid year of any rookie. And look, Jalen Williams is coming on strong, playing really, really well. I, I know there's all these arguments that that matters, but so is Paolo Bancaro. Paolo Bancaro it has woken up from that February swoon and is playing some incredible basketball. All you have to do is watch him play, and you'll understand why he's just so solid and consistent. And why his numbers actually do mean something. They're not empty stats. He is a big part of a team that is figuring out how to win and really the guy at the top of every defensive game plan. He's seeing double teams that rookies don't see. So, everyone stop. I know we need debate, but stop the rookie of the year conversation, please. It's over. It's been done. And Paolo's gotten better as the year's gone on. It's it's not like he disappeared. He he started off bright and disappeared. He has been solid all year long. But we see how bright his future is. We see how bright Franz's future is. And the way he's starting to pick himself up again. We see how bright Markel Fultz could be. And Wendell Carter could be. 
We see this future laid in front of us. And that's what we needed to see this year. We needed to see this team with a path laid forward and a path ahead of them and what they could potentially accomplish with that path. We needed to see that. And that's why this season's been such a smashing success. Because that path is not fully realized, but pretty well established now. This Magic team has a clear future. And so these last nine games, these last this last quarter of the season, has been about preparing for that future. It has been about giving this team every little bit of experience they can get because the real fun starts next year. Because next year, the Magic have every reason to go for it. Next year, the Magic will play with these expectations and we will expect more tangible results. So now is the time to take your lessons. Now is the time to take your lumps. Now is the time to make mistakes and give yourself a base to learn from. That's partly what's at stake here. And that's partly what the Magic are doing here. It's been a fun season and we're coming to the end of the road. But the Magic have done very, very well. We're going to chat a little bit about NCAA tournament stuff, some prospects to keep an eye on as the NCAA tournament picks back up. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. I'm really geeked out about this new sponsor and this, this new partner and the sponsor of today's show. It's the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, well, your dream can come true and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for everything from hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and trading players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Magic listeners, Get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. The NCAA tournament picks back up with regional semifinals tonight. That, that'll take place uh, in New York and Las Vegas. Uh, fun times. Um, at the Garden and T-Mobile Arena, two very, very different arenas. But um, it's been a it's been a weird NCAA tournament. Um, it, 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 like, it, even entering the NCAA tournament, it was a weird NCAA tournament. Um, first, like so many of the top prospects this year are not in the tournament. Victor Wembenyama is obviously playing in France. 
Uh, Scoot Henderson has been shut down but was playing for the G League Ignite. The Thompson Twins have been playing for Overtime Elite. Even guys like Cam Whitmore, our guy Taylor Hendricks. A lot of players, a lot of these top players weren't in the tournament for a variety of reasons. Having said that, though, it, it was it was a draft. It's a draft that seems very close. It seems like a lot of the prospects are very clustered together. It's really eye of the beholder stuff. There's no guy that seems like he's raced so far ahead of the others. Um, as I've started to review and look at this draft class, they're just a lot of guys that have flaws. Um, you know, this player is promising, but has a flaw. Or you know, there's no player that's just like that's the guy. Give me him. He's the one. Um, again, outside of Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson started to fall a little, you know, started to falter a little bit, didn't have the year that everyone thought he'd have. Brandon Miller's had a very good year as well, but you can kind of see some of the trouble spots. And what's been interesting is, you know, the NCAA tournament doesn't have that much of an effect, but it, these are pressure games, and you see how guys perform under pressure. The NCAA tournament hasn't afforded the top prospects remaining much uh, much of anything either. They haven't taken that step forward either. And so it's been, it's honestly been interesting to watch because prospects haven't helped themselves nearly as much in this in the, in the tournament. Keontae George and Baylor were eliminated, ver- eliminated in the second round. He did not have a good tournament. Brandon Miller, a guy that everyone thought was rising to the number two pick in the draft, has not had a good tournament. He actually played really poorly in the 116 game uh, and, and, and had his struggles in, in the second round game as well. It's been weird like that. But there are still games. There are still guys that can do things. There's a couple names to keep an eye on as um, as we get ready for the uh, the next rounds of the NCAA tournament. Tonight at 7-15, number 8 seed Arkansas takes on number 4 UConn at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. That is a big NBA prospect game. You saw a big prospect game when Arkansas defeated Kansas. Arkansas has a couple players you really got to look out for. Um, we talked a lot about Nick Smith. Nick Smith is a kind of combo guard, um, really good defender, decent shooter, did not have a good first and second round off- offensively, really good defensively. Um, a guy to really watch out for. I-, I-, I think he is someone that is certainly on the Magic's radar to help out help out a little bit at the two maybe help out a little bit at the one as well. Just a, a good-sized ball handler. I, I really think that he plays really, really well. Um, but he's not the guy that's leading the team in scoring. Um, that would be Ricky Council the fourth. Ricky Council the fourth is averaging 16.1 points per game. He is viewed as a mid as like a late first-rounder. He's had a really good NCAA tournament. Um, good shooter. You know, good... Just a, just a good score. Just a good college score. Maybe a little bit undersized for the position he plays, but a good college score. Um, and so you'll expect him to have a big game and, and have to parse out how much of that will translate to the NBA. Uh, also, take a look at Arkansas at Anthony Black, one of the best defenders in the country. Just a really solid player. Again, just not the greatest shooter in the world. Um, Arkansas is a team that I think a lot of people have their eyes on. Would not surprise me if they pull off the upset against UConn. Another play, uh, a guy that beat my Northwestern Wildcats, so I will give him the love that he deserves. Uh, Jamie Hawkes Jr. Uh, he's a little bit older, been in been in college for a little for a little bit, uh, averaging seventeen and a half points per game, shooting forty eight point one percent from the floor, 
just a really solid player. Uh, his problem is he's too small to play forward, and, and UCLA, because they have two other guards, plays him at the three. Got really good post instincts for a smaller player, and, and we're seeing guards post up more, so I don't think that's necessarily a, a detraction. But this is an experienced player. He's won a lot of games in college. He steps up in big games. Would not surprise me if he is the star of this tournament. Would not surprise me if he's the star of the games out in Las Vegas and leading UCLA back to the Final Four. Um, he he killed my Wildcats, like I said. Just played exceptionally well. Keep an eye out on Jamie Hawkins Jr. if you're staying up after the Magic game uh, to watch Gonzaga. Uh, I am really excited uh, to see Alabama play San Diego State. Um, I, I, I was able. I, I was. I watched San Diego State when they were here in Orlando. That is a really good defensive team. That is a tough-minded defensive team. They're really, really smart. They they have good they have good size. They have like NBA forwards. Um, is is how I would describe it. Like I looked at them. I said like I don't know if there's an NBA prospect here, but all their guys have NBA bodies. They have like an NBA style roster, and so I think that's going to be a really good test for Brandon Miller. I really I, like Brandon Miller's a really impressive prospect. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think he quite fits what the Magic need. I don't think the Magic, you know, Magic have him high on their board because he's super, super talented. But he is not the guy that I'm necessarily targeting if I'm the Magic, if, if that makes sense. Um, but Brandon Miller um, is going to go up against like NBA caliber bodies. I don't know if they're NBA caliber defenders, but they're good defenders with NBA caliber bodies. That's going to be a really fun test for Brandon Miller. So San Diego State, Alabama on Friday night, going to be a lot of fun. I'd also keep an eye on the Miami-Houston game tomorrow night as well. Um, Jerace Walker from Houston. I, I am not high on him for this Magic roster because he's an undersized center. But that dude is a bull defensively. Just gets after it. He's going up against two of the best scoring guards in the ACC. Um, Isaiah Wong has had a fantastic year for Miami. Uh, they, they, they've, they've done such a good job. They have such a strong offense. That's just going to be an interesting clash of styles, I think. Um, obviously, we keep an eye on Drace Walker because he's high up on the draft draft boards. Uh, Miami's Isaiah Wong isn't really getting a lot of draft buzz. buzz. I, I think he's a little bit too much of a high-volume scorer at the college level, and it's not clear how he translates to the NBA. But keep an eye on him, too. Miami is a really plucky team. I'd I definitely, I definitely be focused on them a little bit. Um, you know, the, everyone says this NCAA tournament is as wide open as, as, as ever, and I, I tend to agree. I think there's a lot of teams that can still go out there and, and win this thing, but it is, it, the prospects have thinned out, uh, obviously. You, you eliminate half the field, prospects thinned out, but usually we see the Sweet 16, we see some of the big-time draft, draft picks. Like, last year, Paolo Bancaro was probably pretty, was probably a number one prospect for, for a lot of people. He solidified being the number one pick, I think, with the way that he played the NCAA tournament. Big games, making big shots. So, as you're watching these games this weekend, um, like, focus on what matters in the NBA, what guys are going to do in the NBA, but I think what people want to see is competitiveness. I think people want to see how you step up and how you play under pressure. It's not good. It's not a good sign that Nick Smith has struggled in two games under the pressure of the NCAA tournament. I think that has hurt him. It's going to hurt Keontae George and, and make us question a little bit like, okay, what is he? Is he just a spark scorer? Like, these questions, yeah, he doesn't have a chance to answer those questions because his games are done. Um, there are all these things that you have to look at and have to think at, think about. And to me, that's what matters about the NCAA tournament. 
What matters about the NCAA tournament is how players respond to pressure. That's why I want to see out of this. That's why I fell in love with Paolo last year. I fell out of love with him because we got some distance from it and we overthought things. But um, that's why, that's what you watch for from the tournament. We're hitting crunch time in the tournament, so we're going to see a lot of that come to the front. We're going to close today's show by celebrating the past. We're going to chat a little bit about Dennis Scott coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at FanDuel. The NCAA tournament, like we just said, is heating up. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Tonight at the Amway Center is going to be a special night uh, for, for Orlando Magic fans, for longtime Orlando Magic fans. Um, I'm excited to be there. I, I, I really love going to the Hall of Fame ceremony and, and, and celebrating Magic history. I'm a big, Mag- I'm a big Magic history buff and, and love when the team does things for, uh, for its, its past. But tonight at the Amway Center, Dennis Scott, 3D, will be inducted into the Orlando Magic Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, I will reshare this post. I have gone through the list. I have made my picks for who will ultimately be in the Hall of Fame. Dennis Scott, to me, was the absolute perfect choice to go in next. Uh, I, I've told Magic officials this, too. Like, It's not about the question of who should go in. is not who should go in, but in what order do we want to put them in. Um, personally, I would have done Bo Outlaw and Daryl Armstrong together a few years ago, but Bo's time will come. Um this has been long overdue. Um, I, I, I think it's really important for the Magic to to honor their early early history, especially now that we're getting into like kind of second generation Magic fans. Um, the team is thirty four years old. It's old enough to have kids. It's old enough where it, it's probably got kids in a family. Um, we're gonna we have second generation Magic fans, and again, like I've argued that I am I have ter- I have turned around on the reti- Jersey retirement uh, argument. I do think Nick Anderson's jersey should be hanging in the rafters because he is that important to the franchise. Um, but I think it's really important that that everyone, that we honor properly these early teams and, and some of these early players. Dennis Scott, I, I don't think people appreciate how revolutionary Dennis Scott was. Between Dennis Scott, Dale Ellis, a, a little bit Sam Perkins, uh, those guys, Reggie Miller, of course, um, those players really revolutionized the three-point shot in the NBA. If you go back and look at stats throughout the first decade of the three-point shot, teams were taking maybe maybe less than 10 for a good chunk of the first decade of three-pointers. Nobody knew how to use this thing. As, as a story that I've been told, told at least a million times, Dennis Scott was the first guy that... Went on fast breaks, went to the three-point line. Hunted out that three-point line. Much to his coach's chagrin at times, but 
he was able to make those shots at a pretty scary rate. It's no coincidence that unleashing Dennis Scott on the world, especially pairing him with Shaquille O'Neal, giving Shaq a shooter to pass to, revolutionized the NBA. The 1995 NBA Finals, I think, are quietly one of the most important NBA Finals in the league's history. Um, Again, it's in the middle of the Jordan run, obviously. Hakeem gets his second title. But the 1995 NBA Finals, to me, uh, was a finals where the three-pointer was really was really born and legitimized. Because both the Magic and the Rockets used the three-point line like no other team in the league. In fact, the Magic were the most efficient offense in NBA history in 1995. The three-point shot a big part of that. The Rockets, I believe, were the first team in the top five in three-point field goals to win an NBA championship. So these are th- those were two teams that understood how to use this new we- this still relatively new weapon, and obviously if you fast forward to today, it's wild how different the games are. But the Magic really stunned people and really kind of took people by storm because they had this dominant three point shooter that you always had to be worried about. You always had to be worried about Dennis Scott, even as you were trying to deal with Shaquille O'Neal. That's the power of shooting, of course. But Dennis Scott had to make those shots, had to make those threes. He set the NBA record for most three-pointers in a single game. That has since been broken. He still holds the magic record for most three-pointers in franchise history, which is pretty incredible considering how much at the vanguard, at the front, the three-point shot has been in Orlando Magic history. This is the stuff we're going through right now with the lack of shooting. That's the outlier. The Magic have typically been the team that figures out three-point shooting uh, before the next layer of three-point shooting before everyone else. Dennis Scott, more than that, is a fan-favorite player. Um, just watch him on NBA TV. He's a fan-favorite still, but he is a fan-favorite here in Orlando. This is his basketball home. No offense to Atlanta, no offense to Georgia Tech. Orlando is his basketball home. And he endeared himself as... The goofball as Shaq's best friend, as the three-point marksman. He endeared himself because he was a specialist and did something just fun and just played with so much so much joy and fun. And that's that's what you see still him still bring to everything he does. This honor again was a long time coming. Dennis Scott is one of the best players in Magic history. There is no getting around that. There is no changing that. He is, he is one of the most important figures in this franchise's history. And he's getting an honor that is very much overdue and deserved. And I'm excited to see him and hear what he has to say. Uh, excited for the fans to acknowledge him and for him to get his kudos as a member of the Orlando Magic Basketball Hall of Fame. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the public still podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, you can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the game-to-game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance Every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. 
Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic, here on Locked On Magic. So, again next time for another episode.